0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Hidden Falls Media Experience episode. Today, I am joined with my boy, Thomas Keenan. But before we get into today's episode, I want to remind you of the fee. I don't try to sell you any bullshit course. I don't try to pitch you something you don't need. What I do for you, however, though, is bring you the highest quality guests that you will ever find out in the world of the internet. And I sincerely mean that, too, especially with today's guest, who Thomas is a operations and systems master. Not a guru not some fake entrepreneur this dude has built shit that scales so much so that he's attracted the attention of some of the highest performing entrepreneurs in the United States to date he's a CEO he's a founder he's currently the COO of break free Academy with Ryan Stewman and is a best-selling author Thomas man welcome aboard I'm super pumped to have you here and I know my audience is as well
1: awesome dude hey man Alex first off um uh, I say this at the beginning of every every podcast interview that I do, and it's uh, I say it because I really mean it. Uh, and i'm I'm grateful for the opportunity to be here and speak to your people.
0: I'm excited and grateful for it as well, man. We've uh, We've gone back and forth for probably about a year now from uh, all the different groups that we're in and just knowing each other, dude and I getting to witness you rebrand and shift your podcast and just changing your life over the last year from from the outside point of view, it pumps me up. I feels like I get adrenaline just being around people like you because you're operating and buzzing at such a high vibrational frequency that it it's, it's intimidating for people that don't operate like that. But for those of us that are kind of vibing on that level, it's like we found our tribe and it's so amazing when we find those other people around us. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, matter of fact, uh, it's funny you say the word intimidating, I recently had one of my coaching clients uh, in Apex Executives. I got on a call with him. He just came into the network and I had been talking to this guy for about almost two years on and off about coming to coach with me. And when he was ready, I said, hey, look, listen, you know, I don't do this on my own anymore. You know, I'm I'm part of the Breakthrough Academy team and uh, I I don't shit where I eat kind of deal, you know, so if you want to work with me, cool, but you're going to have to come in over here and work with me, not pay me directly. Right. So he's like, all right, no problem. So we get on uh, the first conversation with the guy and he's like, you know, man, the first time I met you, he goes, you intimidated the shit out of me. And I was like, really? Like, I, I think I'm like the nicest guy in the world. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm big and I'm hairy and whatnot, but so what? Um, but he's like, yeah, he goes, you know, I just, I didn't even think that um, I could communicate with you because mm-hmm. you just do so much. And that was the outside appearance and. Um, it's just wild, man. Because uh, yes, we do operate at a different level, at a different frequency than most. And the the reason of that is a couple, a couple. It's it's twofold. Um, a, I want more than what most people want in the planet. Like I have, a, I have an end goal and a vision for myself personally. And um, number two, we've taken the time and intentionally surrounded ourselves with others who are operating at a high level. So, mm, so good.
0: That gets me thinking in so many different ways too. like, am I actually surrounded by the people that are going to push me to that next point? One of the calls that we recently had with one of our mentors, and I won't get into specific details, but I know know you watched it was so often the solution to what we need is right in front of us, but our brains aren't tuned to pick up that information or to see that opportunity yet. Uh And it's one of the things I've picked up from watching a lot of your content, especially now that I'm in the building and staging of operations and processes. It's like, dude, you've been right in front of me for years. But it's only recently that the information has started to click and kind of fold in on itself of like, oh, I see what he meant there, there and there. Now I'm pulling that back and starting to apply it. And it it makes me kind of wonder and it, it keeps my mind so open and hungry because I know there's so much of that in my field of space around me from knowing people like you that really feed into that next level.
1: Yeah, for sure, man. You know, um, I'll equate it to this. It's like, you go ahead and you read a book, right? Self-development book, doesn't make a difference. I don't care if it's it's, um, a novel. You go and you read the book and you get information out of it. You go back a year from now and you read the same book and you're gonna go and pick different things out of that book. Yeah. It's because that's what's, um, you're more aware, you, you're, you've self-developed further, you're a different person than, than what you were when you first read that book, round one. And that's really the same thing. So, you know, a year ago, you didn't need, maybe, maybe, well, I think everyone needs, maybe the focus for you was not the systems and the processes within your own business. But now you've grown your business. You told me before this call started, you just hit year three, which is awesome. Congrats to you. And now you're at that pivotal point where it's like, shit, I got to put some real structure in place. Otherwise, I'm not going to be here for another three years. Right.
0: What's been that book for you that you come back to again and again where it's like, oh, you picked up another line or picked up another thought pattern that wasn't there, even though it was already there?
1: Essentialism by Greg McEwen. Oh, I haven't read that one. Mm -hmm. A couple times a year. I'll go back to it. And I don't even need to always uh, go through the whole thing. I find myself like, oh, you know what? I think I need a reminder from Essentialism. So, and I've I've got the the paperback, and I've got uh, the audiobook version as well. So, if I'm in my car and I'm like, oh, you know what? I need a kick in the ass from Essentialism, I'll just throw on the audiobook, and wherever it left off, I'll just pick up there and okay. and zip through it for a couple hours or a couple days. So I don't always finish it, but I'm I'm always getting that information back into my head every couple of weeks, every couple of months.
0: I love that. That's really good. That one for me has been um, The Alchemist by Paulo Mm -hmm. Coelho. Yep, great book. Every every time through, I pick up something different, even though it's a real simple story, which I think is what makes it so magical. Mm -hmm. But that's a totally different topic, man. One of the things I wanted to bring you on today to talk about is you are such a systems and processes guy. You've built multiple businesses over the seven and eight figure points. What I wanted to get into is remote management with everything that happened over 2020, moving into 2021 still with a lot of states and countries around the globe, all of our employees aren't necessarily in-house anymore. And so many of them are scattered in different time zones, dealing with different stuff throughout their daily lives. How in the world do we start to create structure and management around people that are remote from us?
1: Mm -hmm. Great question. Um, You know, As you know, my my last business that I just exited, uh, we had nothing but remote employees. Mm -hmm. And we were a team size of about uh, 20, either 21 or 23 uh, by the time I I exited. And um, it was a challenge. And for the longest time, I always thought I wanted that brick and mortar business. And then we, we never did it. We never pulled the trigger. We almost did it a year prior to COVID shutting the world down. And I'm like, thank goodness we didn't do that because <laughs> it would have made things very difficult for us. Um, but that was, that was something kind of ahead of the curve. We had a remote team for years. I mean, uh, I started that business in 2009 wow. and just exited in, in 2020. So we, we kept running into the same issues and everything boiled down to communication Okay, cool, what does that look like? Fast forward through things, we wind up implementing one core value in the company, which is communication. It was that important to us. It was communication internally and communication going outbound to our customers and our vendors who are working with us and, and who we we're working for. So all right, well, how do we manage all of this? How do we put everything in, in you know different pieces so anyone can, can access things? And this is where software really comes into, into play. And you can build a lot of your systems and processes in the software too, without having to do the old school, Oh, let me go write an SOP because I'm not a fan of that personally. Like, yeah, I'm a systems and processes guy, but nobody wants to write an SOP. It's just, it's brutal work. It's brutal. So a couple things here. Uh, We leverage Google, uh, what's Google workplace now? It was Google suite forever. And the ability to use the shared drive on there and share, Drive across the entire team, or have hey, this is a shared drive for the finance team. This is a shared drive for the marketing team, and in, in our instance, we had a shared drive for the installation technicians, who were the guys who went out into the field and did the work. Hmm. So anytime we had a technical update, or hey, this this is a new product we're installing, we would upload those installation manuals, so those guys wouldn't have to call in and ask us, hey, you know, right. where's this guy? How do I look this up? It's all in one central place. So that was number one. Number two, we leverage Slack heavily Mm -hmm. uh, internally. Uh, Listen, I don't care which you use. There's 100 different companies out there at this point that that offer something similar to Slack. But we would create custom Slack channels depending upon either the project or the roles within the company. So we had an executive Slack chat. We had uh, a Slack chat for the installation technicians. We had a Slack chat specific for scheduling work. And my favorite channel was the Ring the Bell channel. So hashtag Ring the Bell, that was a Slack channel for us. And that's where we would go in and we would communicate wins. Anybody who had a win, whether it was personal or professional, we went in there and shared it across the whole team. And that, what that did was it, it bumped up morale of the company because everyone kept seeing everyone else win. Listen, everyone has a, a loss, right? And this is something that I picked up from Stuman on a personal level couple of years back. You record your wins every single day. Okay. Like clockwork. I mean, I write them down every day and it could be a micro win. does not have to be this big thing. Like I, I want a million bucks in a lottery kind of deal. <laughs> you know, it could be like, you know, uh, I didn't drink any alcohol today. If alcohol is a problem uh, for you, it could be like, I stuck to my diet today or I actually got, gone in uh, and did my, my workout this morning that I said I was going to do. Um, but going back to it here, you don't write down losses ever. You never record a loss. There is no such thing. It's only a lesson learned, right? Um, So the Ring the Bell channel in Slack, it was just winning. So you would go in there and just see all these different things rolling through at all times. And we would then tie those wins and tie them back to the core values within the company. So, hey, you know, Johnny showed up at the job site and did this work and he ran into an issue. Uh, The customer was late, but because he showed the core value of communication, and so on and so forth, he won, and here's why. So we would tie the core value back to the win. Mm. And that just ultimately increased the overall culture of the company too.
0: That's really good. And it's definitely something super tactical and actionable that somebody can walk away with and start implementing right away.
1: Yeah, it's like 30 seconds to do it. It's so simple.
0: It's it's super easy. One of the things that I've been fascinated by is – the mindset and the habits of high achievers my backgrounds in psychology and neuroscience so I've always been fascinated about what are those small mental tricks or tips or hacks that we install inside of our daily routine because routines are just habits that are stacked on top of each other where it moves people forward and one of the things I've noticed about you is a lot of your routines are centered around does this make me happy and i've I've noticed from afar and from getting to know you close up that you tend to stack things inside of the idea of like, what makes me blissful? What makes me happy? Am I moving towards that constantly? And I I don't see a lot of entrepreneurs do that. How, what type of habits or belief systems did you have to install or kind of work through in order to get to that point?
1: Okay. Let me start here. This is something that's never done. It will continuously evolve as you evolve as a person. So don't ever think you're going to make the perfect, most amazing uh, routine or, or system for yourself because it just doesn't exist. However, we can get better each and every day. And that's kind of the, the approach I've always taken. Um, and I've al- always had the, the approach too, where no matter how good you think something is, you could always make it better. Yeah. So um, it, it all came down to this, like, my DNA has put me on the planet, in my opinion, to be a night owl, like I, I, I could be I could easily be the guy who just stays up to three, four in the morning, just cranking out work in the in the office, or hanging out at the bar. I'm cool with either one, right? <laughs> um, however, uh, it, it's kind of counterproductive. Mm. Um, whether you're hanging out at the bar to three or four in the morning or you're in the office to three or four in the morning because now you can't, you know, the early bird gets the worm is is kind of like a cliche saying, but as I've gotten older, I've learned more and more how true it is. So I, I can't, a couple of years ago, I was like, you know what? I've gotten to this point in my life and I, I kind of plateaued. Uh, and I want to get better. Uh, I wasn't in great physical health. I, I had um, kind of just let my physical fitness go out the window completely. And I said, you know what? I'm going to hire a trainer and I'm going to intentionally book the very first appointment that she has open each and every morning and force myself to get up early. And it sucked, bro. It was, it was brutal. So I had a six o'clock start time with her three days a week. It took over two years for my body to get accustomed to that. And now it's not even a thought in my mind, like you know, because I moved from New York to Texas in September, and now I'm waking up at five o'clock every morning, and I'm in the gym by six. So that's all part of the structured morning. So it took me go back three years to now. It took all this time to slowly shift myself over to. So now I am a morning person. I do wake up early, even without the alarm on occasion. Um, But those are all little micro switches, little changes that we constantly strive for each and every day. And once I got my routine aligned in the morning, then I was able to stack and build off of it. So I had to overcome the challenges of of getting up early in the morning because that was a big challenge for me personally. Some people just aren't that way out of the box. Okay. But what I was able to do then was like, okay, cool. What's, what's important to me? What are the non-negotiables? What do I need to get done each and every morning before I go out and, and, and interact in the world? Um, and that's where a lot of reading and hanging around other high performers really influenced me and the things that I intentionally do each morning. You probably heard me talk about it before. I'm, I'm a big fan of a morning routine. So here it is. I wake up at five by f- from five to five I'm taking care of me, right? I hop in the shower, clean myself up, throw the, the dog outside, let her pee. I usually give her a scoop of food. And then at, uh, I, I take a shower even before I go to the gym, because I need to wake my body up and stretch and move around a little bit. Uh, I'm real tight in the morning when I get up. It's just me getting old, I guess. <laughs> not a day over 25, man. No, no, not at all. Not at all, not at all. Uh, from there, I hit the gym by six, six to seven for the gym. Seven to seven thirty is home, And from seven thirty until eight 30, I 'm hanging out with the kids and the wife on the couch. So I make a protein shake, hang out with the kids, watch a little TV with them. Sit next to them and talk, have a conversation, whatever it is, it is. I I leave that hour open to pretty much surrender to my family. And what do they want? You know, what do they want out of dad? What conversation do they want out of me? And a couple things uh, happen here. Number one, I'm spending time with my family at the beginning of the day. Uh, So I have my time into them. If I go into work, which I do every day, right? Uh, If I go into work and I get. Um, I get sidetracked. I get, I get smashed. There's, there's fires to put out all day and, and the day goes to complete shit. I've still won the day. I've still put the time into my family. Even if I can't make it home for dinner that night, even if that, you know, high end client comes in who I have to take out and, and entertain for the evening, I've still won because I put my time into the family first thing. So that's, that's really, I know it's a long winded answer, but that's what I've done. But it's those micro changes that we stack upon each other. And each version just gets a little bit better and better. And you keep dialing it in, dialing it in, dialing it in. And uh, that's what that's worked for me. A few things that I
0: noticed within that one is that you took massive immediate change to break the habit. And the second one is that you didn't put your anchors around things that you didn't have control over. And oftentimes when I've made mistakes with trying to form habits, or when I've talked and coached my employees or friends of mine that are looking to do this, they want to try to attach an anchor point in their day to something that isn't consistent, whether that be a work schedule or, Hey, I usually go to the gym at this time. So I'll wake up at this time. Mm -hmm. Instead of stacking that first anchor and the last one to be the beginning and the end of your day and everything else in there, we consider milestones, Mm -hmm. right? I was able to move through that process and hit that milestone and create that small win And then like you were talking about earlier, recognizing that that is a true win that I need to acknowledge and recognize. I made it to this milestone now onto the next one, onto the next one. And now I'm stacking wins inside of my day and I'm not just stopping because I've hit that anchor at that point. Well, okay, now that I've hit it, I don't know what else to do, right? It's two things I picked up out of you that I don't think enough people talk about.
1: No, no, I think a lot of your background has, the, uh, has to do with you being able to pick up on that stuff too, because it wasn't even stuff that I noticed until you pointed it out to me.
0: Mm, that's interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think you get too close to things. And this I see this in the coaching space too. And, and I, you, know, you just explained it to me. So now it's boom. Okay, it's open. There it is. I get it, right? Same thing happens in business. Uh, we start a business, right? You get so involved in the day-to-day. You get so close to the thing. You're like this. Right, and you just you can't see the big picture because you're too involved in the details in the day to day, and you're emotionally attached to that business. Yeah, you know, if anyone here who's listening to this has started a business, it may as well be one of your children. Right, Um, that's what the power of masterminding or you know joining a group like Arte or or Apex really comes into play because you have someone with an outside set of eyeballs who has a different perspective who can come in and in 30 seconds look at your business and say i see a hole here here and here and this is how you fix it it's pretty cool
0: it is really cool from being around some of those people well let's let's kind of frame it more with uh stuman because this is a new venture for you you said you joined with them in september What's been the biggest takeaway that you've learned from him in less than, I mean, the six, seven months you've been with him? What's been that biggest kind of aha moment for you?
1: Intentional focus and uh, putting structure in place will improve your business exponentially. So I came in, I moved here to Texas in September, November 1st, I started with him. And keep in mind, I started as a client almost four years ago. Went through all the the courses and and yeah. different levels. Uh, he asked me to come on as as an executive coach uh, about a year and a half ago. At this point, cool did that. And when I moved down here, I, I had no um, no intention of working for the guy, but due to proximity and opportunity, that kind of overlapped each other. The opportunity was there, and uh, clearly I accept. But here's the whole point. You know, this guy had built an empire multiple businesses, coaching, online courses, masterminds, live events, speaking engagements, uh, marketing, um, shit built a, uh, he's got four software companies, right? I mean, like the guy's got a lot of shit going on 14 books he's written and published. I think eight or nine of them hit bestseller. So, and, and countless, countless other business ventures he's got as an investor investing in other people's business where, He's literally, you know, making money as he sleeps. So here's this guy who's uber successful. He's faced a lot of shit his whole life growing up too, pre, previous to his, uh, his success. And I come in and we just got focused. We installed and built a few key systems and processes. Again, I was the outside set of eyeballs who came into the organization and said, we we'll are losing money here, here, and here. Let's go fix it right now and go and fix it. That right there, that intentionality, those little micro switches from the outside set of eyes, that's what made everything as successful as it's been over the past couple of months since I started. So that's probably the biggest takeaway. It's like, you know, let somebody else see behind the curtain of what you have yeah, and take some insight and some input from those people because you're probably too close and too blind to see where those holes are it's been one
0: of the best experiences for me was hiring my director of business development to come in and do that. I got too close. It's hard to see. And I do it all the time with my marketing clients too. It's like, how in the world do you not see this? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing. Like, Oh dude, you don't see half the crap that's right in front of you either. And like we were talking about even before this topic of how much of your information or your success is right in front of you, but you're just completely blind to because you're not, thinking about looking for that specific thing mm-hmm. right all the alarm bells are going off in 500 different directions and it's pulling our attention and focus away from the ones that are right here and i'm sure you see this too it's the lowest hanging fruit mm-hmm. Yep. every single time it's like how in the world has this not been taken care of yet yeah it's my fault as the leader that i haven't addressed it
1: mm-hmm yep you know what uh I think a lot of times as a leader we we try to stay up high and we try to look at that that 30,000 foot view um and and we're we're too far away from the ground level to see that low hanging fruit you know mm-hmm. we're way up high sometimes and you know as someone who who who's a leader you should be working on the business not in the business and and if that's the case if you're working on the business you're going to stay at that 30,000 foot elevation you could, you're pretty much moving the chess pieces on the board right Definitely, that's cool, but it takes somebody to come in sometimes at that ground level. Uh, it's like you know, inserting the general with the frontline troops for a couple of weeks so he can get real-world yeah. feedback on what's actually happening. You know, that's 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 what it is. You got to pull the undercover boss. Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've got I've got two more questions for you, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Um, what's the big vision for you, man? You've you've accomplished a lot it's only just beginning though. what's, what's the big vision for you?
1: You know, I went to a conference a couple of years ago and, uh, I use, I'm I'm, I'm in the Infusionsoft community also known as keep know. now they've changed their name yeah. 16 fucking times.
0: <laughs> and It time <laughs> so, gets more and more complicated of a platform. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> that was the very first CRM that I ever used. The most complicated one that's ever been created. So I got deeply involved in that community and I know a lot of people there and it's, it's funny. Um, Side note here, I come into Break Free Academy after you know, being involved in the Infusionsoft community for so many years. Break Free Academy runs their whole shit on Infusionsoft.
0: So I was like, oh, this is great. Life's like, happening for you, You're yeah. not to you on that one, huh?
1: <laughs> exactly. So I, I go to uh, this big conference in Phoenix, Arizona called Icon. Uh, they don't have them anymore, unfortunately, but it was uh, Infusioncon. Uh, I think it was either 2016 or 2017. They got big name speakers at this event. It was like, I don't know, four five, 6,000 people at each of these events. Wow. Uh, and when I say big name speakers, I mean, people like Gary V are coming in as keynotes and multiple people who are at that level at the same event. So I was like, oh shit, if I do nothing else at this event, let me go check this out. So I go and it's like a two or three day long event. Uh, I went with one of my uh, business coaches at the time. This woman was speaking and I was like, I have no interest in hearing that woman speak. He's like, ah, come on, it'll be good. Come on. I was like, I really don't want to go see her speak. I'd rather just go walk around the the trade room floor and maybe go see some other cool software we can go figure out. So he kind of convinced me, pulled me by the arm, and it was this woman named Lisa Nichols who was speaking. I have no idea who this woman is, you know? So she winds up putting us through this exercise where she forced us to visualize in this room of like 3,000 people. And that was the first time I saw the finished product of what I had built clearly. Mm. So she had us visualize numbers in the bank. She had us visualizing um, time spent with family and exact locations where, and it's just wild how I'm starting to see some of that shit come into play slowly, but surely. Uh, I don't want to get into details of the money cause that's, that's, that's for me, but the big vision I had was me on this boat, right? And it wasn't just a boat. It was a yacht. And I'm on the top level of this thing. I own it. And I could see the details of the intricate woodwork. I could tell you that there was aluminum inlaid between the different layers of teak on the railings, like really detailed, clear vision. And I also knew that uh, I was walking around and this, this is a couple of years ago, I did this and I've got three kids and they're young right now. so I'm walking on this, this top deck of this yacht that I own, and I'm holding the hand of a three-year-old girl. So at the time, I think my daughter was uh, maybe two or three. I'm like, all right, maybe the next kid, this is going to come to life. So my wife has uh, two more kids. We have twins. One's a boy, one's a girl, and they just turned four. So when they hit three, I said, well, shit, I haven't <laughs> yacht yet. So, so now it made me think, and, and, and I, I, this is something I go back to and visualize a lot. I go back to it and I said, oh, okay. So that clearly isn't my daughter because my kids have passed that age in real life at this point. It's my grandkids.
0: Mm. Oh, do you give me chills?
1: Yeah. So like wild bro, just completely wild. Um, but I, I know what that end result is and I know exactly where it is too. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. That level of clarity though is exactly what I've noticed. I'm, I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to get those glimpses, right. And by no means am I a master of visualization or anything like it, but I'm starting to see the pieces connect and I'm starting to have those weird deja vu moments. Like that. Mm-hmm. do you get them or like they just flash into your head when you're yep. doing something and it's typically at like the worst time for it to happen. Like when you're super buried and like doing something where you're like, all right, I can't get distracted and that vision pops in. Yep. Like, well, I guess if I'm gonna get distracted, that's a good one to get distracted with.
1: Yeah, man, uh, it's, it's weird. It, it, I've always, I, I've been experiencing deja vu since I'm a little kid. I think probably more so than most. It's funny too, as, as a kid growing up, I didn't do well in school. And I remember, um, my mom kept some of my report cards from grammar school and she gave them to me when I got married. Why? I, I don't know. <laughs> but I remember opening up some of those report cards and they're all handwritten from back in the eighties, you know, <laughs> and the report card uh, covered
0: in whiteout.
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It, the, the teacher clearly wrote on the bottom in the comments, she wrote, Thomas is a daydreamer. Mm. And I'm like, fuck yeah, I am. Yeah, because I can close my eyes and I can see the vision. I can see the reality. And like, that's, I think that's one of the, and I'm not trying to pat myself in the back here. I think that's one of my superpowers. Yes, I'm the integrator. Yes, I'm the COO of, a, of Break Free Academy. Um, but I've owned and operated enough of my own businesses where I know what it's like to set the vision. Right. And I think I can bring more of that to the table than most people can.
0: That's awesome, dude. That's so good. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that with me. I know as we wrap this up, that gave me goosebumps. And I know it did as well for a lot of the people listening. Final question. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited to hear your answer on this. If you had a prayer for the world, what would it be?
1: Pray for the world. Um, Stop the division over complete bullshit. Especially here in this country, the U.S. I mean that we're we're just so divided over complete nonsense. Mm. Uh, the simple fact that if you're walking down the street and you're wearing a mask and the guy next to you is not, I could look at both of you and pretty much guess with ninety nine point nine percent accuracy what your political affiliation is. And if you try to tell me that that has not been designed by somebody, you're out of your mind. I I, I think it's just a shame. Both sides. I don't care who this is. I'm not trying to make this political whatsoever. I don't care what side of the spectrum you're on, but there's some fuckery going on.
0: Thank you. Super, super powerful. And I, I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, it's reckless and it's, uh, it's time for us to start taking control of our lives. I agree, man. Cool. Thomas, thank you so much for being here today, man. Where can people find you? How can they find out more about all the stuff that you offer? Cause it's not just one thing.
1: Yeah, uh, best place is head over to connectwiththomas.com, or you can head over to my website, which is uh, thomaskeenan.com, and just note there's no H in my name. Because you're not Thomas? <laughs> I guess you've heard me say that before.
0: No, I've, I've got a buddy of mine that makes that joke every time we go out drinking. Yeah. You're like, all right, so the name on the bill, and they're like, Thomas, but without the th, because I'm not a Thomas. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yep, that's me. No H in the name. My, name. my name ain't Thomas.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being here today, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. As always, make sure you go leave Thomas a review. Make sure you go and hit that subscribe button, not just on ours, but on Step It Up for him as well. It's super incredible. You'll love the content that he puts out. And until next time, as always, go make somebody else smile it's incredible what type of impact it can have on their life today.